attention to the reading of the New Testament. And our narrative today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 47. We'll read through to chapter 14 and verse 12. Here's an overview of what we'll be reading here today in the New Testament. The parable of the fishing net uh, has the same meaning as the parable of the wheat and weeds. We're to obey God and tell others about His grace and goodness, but we cannot dictate who is part of the kingdom of heaven and who's not. This sorting will be done at the last judgment by those infinitely more qualified than we. Now, anyone who understands God's real purpose in the law as revealed back in the Old Testament has a real treasure. The Old Testament points the way to Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus always upheld its authority and relevance. 
But there's a double benefit for those who understand Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Now, this was a new treasure that Jesus was revealing. Both the old and new teaching give practical guidelines for faith and for living in the world. The teachers of religious law, however, were trapped in the old and blind to the new. They were looking for a future kingdom preceded by judgment. Jesus, however, taught that the kingdom was now and the judgment was future. The religious leaders were looking for a physical and temporal kingdom, you know, via military rebellion and physical rule, but they were blind to the spiritual significance of the kingdom that Christ brought. We'll also read here today about Herod Antipas. He was one of three rulers over the four districts of Palestine. His territory included the regions of Galilee and Perea. Now, he was the son of Herod the Great, who ordered the killing of the babies in Bethlehem. He heard Jesus' case before Jesus' crucifixion. Now, Philip, Herod's half-brother, was another of Palestine's three rulers. His territories were Ituria and Trachonitis, northeast of the Sea of Galilee. Philip's wife, Herodias, left Philip to live with Herod Antipas. And John the Baptist got into big trouble because he condemned the two for living immoral lives. All right, with that, let's read more about it here in the New Testament. January 21st, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 13, verse 47, through chapter 14, verse 12. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Then he added, Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get his wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simeon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, This must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother Philip. John had been telling Herod, It is against God's law for you to marry her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of a riot, because all the people believed John was a prophet. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias's daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him, so he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, the girl said, 
I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Then the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl, who took it to her mother. Later John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. Psalm 18, verses 16 through 36. Do your troubles, like deep waters, threaten to drown you sometimes? Well, David, helpless and weak, knew that God alone had rescued him from his enemies when he was defenseless. Now, some people think that belief in God is a crutch for weak people who cannot make it on their own. God is indeed a shield to protect us when we're too weak to face certain trials by ourselves. But He does not want us to remain weak. He strengthens, protects, and guides us in order to send us back into an evil world to fight for Him. And then He continues to work with us because the strongest person on earth is infinitely weaker than God and needs His help. David, of course, was not a coward. He was a mighty warrior who, even with all his armies and weapons, knew that only God could ultimately protect and save him. Psalm 18, verses 16 through 36. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress. But the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because He delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned away from my God to follow evil. I have followed all His regulations. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have never abandoned His decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the wicked, you show yourself hostile. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to Him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength, and He makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You've given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You've made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. 
My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life.
My name is Alex Conger. I'm from Tiffin, Ohio. I came here completely broken down, didn't have anything, nothing but problems in my life. Since coming here, my 30 days at the farm, I've learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about how God has impacted my life and how he's working for me to change and how I become a better man every day. I'm looking forward to carrying out this all the way through seeing how God can come into my life and how I can make it work and change for the better. This is Bobby B transferring to phase three, round two. Um, I'm just so grateful to be back. A little backstory. Uh, you know, I've done drugs since I can remember. Cracking heroin mostly, homeless, all that fun stuff. Um, came to the refuge, homeless, broken back in March. Uh, went up to phase three, did six months. Um, I got prideful, ungrateful, forgot where I came from and why I was here. Thought there was something going on out in the world, and I left, and I found out real quick. Um, Jesus is too big to just try to keep in your back pocket, and I can't live a quote-unquote normal life and just go to work. Um, you need Christ every day. Um, it's either Jesus or death. Um, but since I've been back, I can really pinpoint spots where I just start to fall away and fall off and I'm really using that to my advantage and just uh, growing deep in my relationship with Christ and I'm allowing God to work because I don't have the answers. Um, there's a million ways I can mess today up so I'm going to give it to God and once again I'm just so grateful to be back and I'm appreciative of the refuge and uh, what, what it's done for me. My name's Zach Vance. Um, before I came to the refuge, I had a pretty rough life, not by necessity, pretty much by choice. Um, grew up pretty poor, didn't go without, though. Um, you know, my mom was a real good church-going woman, did the best she could to raise me without my dad. My dad was just out there, you know, petty criminal. And I always wanted to be like my father, which led me in the wrong direction pretty quick. Um... Everybody's pretty much got the same story when it comes to that. Uh, my testimony is more of what happened to me after I came to the refuge. I did a lot of things that my mom just wasn't okay with, didn't want me around my little brothers, didn't want me around. Um, she just pretty much didn't want a son like me. And I came here and still didn't have a whole lot of hope for restoration with the relationship between me and my mom. Four months into it, you know, I got kicked out. God works in mysterious ways. I got kicked out and pretty much forced a relationship with me and my mom. And she got to see the changes that were made in me. So I came back 
and God just continues just, just continues to work in my life. And I, you know, I when you see the restoration that God puts in your life from this place, it's real, and He really, really changes you. He changes your heart. He changes your mind. You know, it's amazing here. So that's pretty much my testimony. My testimony is that this place has changed my life for the better. And I'm doing way more to walk with God now than I did four months ago. And I can't wait to see what I'm going to be doing in a year. Thank you. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Introduce you to amazing grace. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has made you flawless. No matter the hurt or how deep the
Good morning, all. I'd like to start this morning with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've awoken us to another day, a fresh start. I thank you for the system of being able to shed yesterday through the sacrifice you gave us by dying on the cross. And I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you wash us of yesterday and the memories of it. And you give us a perspective of today, starting right now, this morning, that we will choose to walk as men of God, dying to ourselves. Show us and give us the ability to make the decisions and the small things that add up to witness to what you've done in our lives. I thank you, Father. I glorify your name for this fresh day, and I ask for divine appointments. Please place people in front of us that we can share, not by our words, but by our actions, that there is a God, that his name is Jesus Christ, and he's changed our lives to the point that we need and have to share that truth. In Jesus' name. Starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, in verse 6 through 14, I will read this. It's about spiritual wisdom. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is in and from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not re receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The passage I just read talks about um, the wisdom of God and how we are able to walk in that. And, and it says in that that we have to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in us. So I encourage you, brothers, to press in when it comes to your individual time in prayer. Um, ask if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you don't have that sense in your heart um, that causes you to know something that's right over and above your carnal intellect or what you've been used to in the past, I just encourage you to pray for that, to open yourself up to the deeper things of God and just ask. I'll be reading a prayer that I used in the past when I first came to Christ that helped me walk into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, into 
the deeper waters of this walk with God, opening my will up to his perfect will and giving me the ability to die to myself and then to be obedient to the unctioning of what the Holy Spirit puts not only in my mind, but in my emotions, in my spirit man. And in that, it gives me the strength to scatter away the little foxes that try and steal the low fruit, the temptations, the little things that try and take me out of divine order. So with that, I encourage you, brothers. Uh, I admire each and every one of you in this ministry because it's a, it's a tough ministry, but God's called you here for a reason. And I see that in each and every one of you from when I see in orientation till I see up here in Columbus and it edifies my faith. It helps me stand firm in knowing that God is real and the Holy Spirit is true. So I praise God for you men and I hope you get something from the prayer I'm about to read. Holy Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask for your forgiveness for all my sins, iniquities, and transgressions. I repent for every area where I have come into agreement with the voice of the stranger and cause harm to myself or anyone else. I break every emotional attachment with people, places, and things that would prevent me from receiving the truth and walking in the truth. I forgive everyone that has used me, abused me, and caused offense, rejection, bitterness, or regret, and I commit them into your hands. I loose myself from the traditions of men, false doctrines, false beliefs, and doubt, all in the name of Jesus Christ. I received Jesus as my Savior, and now I desire to receive the Holy Spirit to empower me as a witness of the kingdom of God with signs and wonders. I believe and receive by faith, according to your word, that this is a promise to me. I ask right now in the name of Jesus to be filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit to manifest in my life. Please remove anything from me that would hinder the Holy Spirit baptism because I believe and receive the fullness of the price you paid on the cross for this gift in Jesus' name. I want to thank you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit baptism. Please keep me filled daily and teach me to walk in the Spirit with obedience and humility to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I can see the waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up We will not be overtaken We will not be overcome I can walk Down this dark and painful road I can face Every fear of the unknown I can hear All God's children singing out We will not be overtaken We will not be
have hope that his promises are true in his strength there is nothing we can't do yes we know there are greater things in store we will not be overtaken we will not be overcome the same power that rose jesus from the grave the same 